Welcome back to another edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. And not only welcome back, but we are back picking winners on this podcast with Chase Elliott cashing in for us. It feels really good. A little nervous, you know, Truex knocking us off the streak, had a long streak going, and I was worried about a drought, but no drought here as Elliott cashes in. So let's talk about the rundown because we will get to that in a second. So we are going to take a look back at the Roval, talk about how we did pretty well this week on a track that had, you know, very unpredictable outcomes ahead of time. Uh, We did pretty well. So uh, we'll talk about that recap NASCAR and the state of it right now with the playoffs and uh, take a look at, you know, who's in, talk about the Roval and how those guys ended the race there. But we will then, of course, transition to Dover because that's what's coming up this week. We'll talk about winners. You know, once even though we just got done picking a winner, we got to get right back at it, right back on the horse, start looking at the stats, start analyzing the numbers, and we got to find some winners for this coming week at Dover. So we'll we'll talk about winners this week. Then we'll talk about some head-to-head matchups that we like. And in that head-to-head section, I think we're going to get a phone call from Cousin Greg checking back in from our uh, head-to-head section last week. And uh, I think he's got to face the music a little bit. So we should uh, anticipate a phone call from him. And then at the end, I'm going to be talking about NASCAR playoffs and brackets because I feel like NASCAR has an opportunity here to really, you know, kind of capitalize on America's love of brackets. I mean, we talk about March Madness. Um, They've got the ability to, you know, kind of throw something together as far as, you know, fantasy or gambling wise. And uh, we're just not getting that. So we'll, we'll talk about that in the rant at the end. So that'll be the show. But like I said, we're going to start by recapping the Roval and Chase Elliott, man. I, I cannot speak highly enough of that team they absolutely dominated so for anyone who missed the race um and is a fan of nascar and you're living under a rock elliott and that nine car stepped up they shot to the front and they held the lead for a while but just like we saw last year that first turn at the roval gave kozlowski problems last year and it gave Elliott problems this year. And it makes the Roval really fun to watch. And I'm going to touch on that in a second. But essentially, the, the biggest moment of the race was on a restart going into turn one. Elliott, with the lead, just completely blew the turn and went straight into the wall. Instead of making the left turn to go into the road course uh, part of the track, he just went straight into the wall, completely locked up the tires, and... From that point, it looked like he was done. Very devastating for that team and also anybody that had money on him. But that team fought back. And as the announcers called it out at the end, there were no gimmicks, you know, no 
no crazy strategy to get him back up to the front and, and then kind of, you know, fall into a win. He just drove through the field. And I think it's now time to start calling Chase Elliott the, the perennial favorite every single time we go to a road course. He clearly loves Watkins Glen and now the Roval, a good finish last year and a, a win this year and a dominating win. He drove right back up through the field. And it took some restarts at the end for him to be able to do that. But, I mean, the car was strong, and Chase clearly, you know, thrives on these types of tracks. So we uh, we cashed in. We gave him out last week. He was one of the, the guys that I talked about, plus 800. It was great uh, for anyone who bet on him. The only downside was Harvick was the other guy I gave out last week, and I actually got him at plus 1,300. And, uh, you know... I was just happy to cash in on something, but Chase took the lead from Harvick towards the end of the race, and even though I was excited for Chase to see that story kind of come to a, a head there, his little comeback story in the race, part of me was like, hey, man, you know, I get more value out of the four-car winning. But the four-car ended up dropping off even further back, so um, he ended up being, you know, not really competing for the win anyway, so I was thrilled to be able to cash in plus 800, but essentially I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, we're back, pick two guys who were both dominating the race the whole way through. It makes you feel really good, so now we just got to go ahead and do it this coming week, but before we do that, I mean, the Roval is officially my favorite race every year now. I mean, two years in a row, there was a lot of critics of it saying that it's it's kind of gimmicky. Uh, but I think it is the perfect combination, especially for a, a race that is the, the cutoff race for the playoff round. Um, it's just phenomenal. Those guys fighting for the last spot in the playoffs, that was super entertaining. It was incredible to see how the best drivers in the sport could not handle this racetrack. And I don't know if it's just because of lack of experience. You know, they don't run it. They just started running it two years ago. This is the second race ever. I don't know if that plays a factor into it, but to see these guys flying off the track in practice, multiple guys had to go to backup cars in the race. People just couldn't control their cars. It makes it super fun to watch. And you just want the best drivers have to be at the top of their game in that type of situation. And that's what you love to see as a fan of the sport. So kind of getting away from the gambling aspect for a second. I mean, I was trying to tell people all week, people that aren't necessarily fans of NASCAR, people who kind of say, oh, well, you're just driving around in circles. This is the track to try to get people around you that don't really watch the sport to watch because it's so fun to see these guys have to handle this thing, uh, this racetrack. And it did not disappoint again. So hopefully next year it continues that trend. A couple other things that happened at the Roval that is worth talking about um, moving forward. Alex Bowman seems to be, I mean, he had a good finish, finished second. He seems to be the new bad guy. I, I don't know what, he, he's kind of weird, you know. He's fighting with Austin Dillon the week before, calling him Silver Spoon and all that. He had a lot of stuff to stay. He backed it up you know, in the media all week, not backing down from those statements. And then this week gets into a Bubba Wallace, who the fans love. And he was saying that Bubba was flipping him off for three laps. So he eventually dumped Bubba in one of the turns. Um, Bubba went up afterwards and threw water in his face. So is that a rivalry that we need to keep an eye on, especially when it comes to, you know, maybe some head-to-head matchups? I am praying to God that I see some odds for Bowman versus Bubba. I don't think that's a matchup that I've seen, but I'm going to be looking very hard at that. It just, 
I don't know. I don't know how to take Alex Bowman. You know, is he a jerk or is he, you know, the good guy in this? It's very hard to tell when, you know, coming into these little rivalries, they both were technically good guys. So uh, I'm going to keep my eye on that. And I, I think it would really be interesting if Bubba gets some payback this coming week at Dover. And, you know, since Bowman is in the playoffs, that would have much more of an impact on his season than it would Bubba's or than it did Bubba's this past week. So um, something interesting to watch out for. I'm going to have my eye on it because now if you're Alex Bowman, you got two guys who technically, you know, have it out for you. So if you're going to be betting on Bowman to do anything, whether it's win the race, top 10, head to head or whatever, you got to keep that in mind. He's got enemies out there on the track. So uh, something to, you know, worry about if you're an 88 fan for sure. The other thing that I just thought was super interesting at the the Roval was Ryan Newman. I mean, we knew, Greg and I talked about it on last week's episode about guys who were good at the road courses in Charlotte and guys who weren't. I think we mentioned that Ryan Newman was not good. I think we said Chris Busher was better than Newman uh, combined driver ratings. And he showed it when push came to shove. He had the, the advantage to try to sneak into the playoffs in that last spot. And when he missed that turn completely in the chicane, that was, you know, that put him out of the playoffs completely. But that is just so embarrassing. And I'm going to have to keep my eye on that when I'm thinking about betting on Ryan Newman for the rest of this year because that has to be playing a huge factor in his psyche. You know, that one turn ruined his season, and I'm – you know, skeptical of throwing money on somebody moving forward the rest of this year that had that happen to them and can't possibly get over it that quickly. So, um, Robo was very interesting. I, I had rewatched the race, uh, uh, you know, after it happened just because of how much fun it was to watch. So, but it was, uh, maybe I'm harping on it because we did so well, but like all things, we gotta, we gotta move on. And now we got to start talking about Dover. The lines came out this week, and no surprise, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex are both the favorites at plus 400 or 4 to 1, however you want to say it. This is not surprising to me. It, it's a little bit lazy if you're the books to, to just throw these guys up as the favorites, but I love it because looking at the statistics, I'm not going to be betting on either of these two guys, and I'm glad that some of the guys that I do want to bet on don't have these odds. So just a quick run through of who they listed here. We got Kyle at plus 400, Truex at plus 400, Chase at 550, Harvick 550, Larson 550, and then it jumps to Kozlowski at plus 1,000, Hamlin at 1,100, Logano 1,100, Blaney 1,600, and then we're getting into the, the 2,000s, Byron, Johnson, Eric Jones, and so on. So uh, that's a, a quick rundown of what the odds were when they came out. Interesting to me, I think that there's value on not betting on Kyle Busch. Uh, looking at the history, I mean, I, I think most people in NASCAR think, you know, Kyle Busch is very, very good at Dover, and it's true. I mean, you know, his history there, it's pretty solid. I mean, he's got three wins, 12 top fives, 18 top tens. And that's in his lifetime in, in 29 races there. But when you look at the last 10 races, he doesn't jump out to me 
looking at the stats, his average finish is about 15. So, you know, that's not what I think of when I think of Kyle Busch. You know, it's not, he's not the guy like he is at maybe some other places. I mean, as in terms of average finish among active drivers in the last 10 races here, Kyle is 12th on the list. 12th with an average of 15, dead on. So I don't think it's worth throwing money on him at plus 400 with those stats recently. This is not to say that Kyle Busch isn't going to win the race or can't win the race um, this coming weekend. Obviously, he can. But from a gambling perspective, I don't think it's worth putting money on Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch uh, excuse me, because you're not going to get the bang for your buck that you would with some other people. Um, now, this is a racetrack looking at it that, you know, I just read you the, the lines right now for a lot of these guys. And I think you could take the money that you're planning on spending this weekend and sprinkle it among some of these favorites. So in that case, you know, you might throw some money on Kyle Busch. I'm still not going to do that. I'm going to hold my money for some of these other guys um, that we're going to talk about in a second. So before we did get to them, though, I think it is worth mentioning some of the stats on the track because the racetrack is, you know, a major player in gambling on the race. I mean, you need to be, you know, aware of what the history is. So looking at that right now, I mean, there's been 99 races there. So huge sample size, completely different than last week. And Truex won here in the spring. So you want to keep that into consideration. Um we got burned on uh, betting against him trying to sweep a racetrack just a couple weeks ago when we said, okay, there's no way he's going to sweep Richmond for the year. Uh, and he did. So you're going to want to keep that in consideration. But, you know, I've been betting recently before qualifying happens. And basically, I'm putting bets in on guys that I think are going to start well. And it's been working out for me. So, the, the winner has come from the starting five position 57% of the time. That's, you know, pretty good, pretty standard. Top 10 is 77% of the time. So if you're betting on guys, you're going to really want them to qualify well. But it's really about whether or not they're going to qualify in the top 20. Because 21st or worse starting position has only won the race five times. That's 5% of the races that have ever been here. So you're really hoping that if you put money in beforehand, they're not starting outside of the top 20. Now, if you're going to hold, that's just saying, if you're going to hold off on putting them, putting money in on somebody uh, until after qualifying, it's almost like just absolutely do not throw anything on somebody starting outside the top 20. But looking back at, you know, the previous races, you know, from the spring race on back, Starting positions of the winner, 13th, 9th, 2nd, 2nd, 14th, 2nd, uh, sorry, 10, 15, 14. So that's going all the way back to 2015 in the spring. So really all over the place. I'm not scared off from, it's not a racetrack where I'm scared to put money in beforehand, you know, where you'd want to see where guys are because if, you know, there are tracks out there that you're only going to get guys winning the race from like the top five we've talked about a couple tracks like that so far this year on the podcast i don't think dover is one i mean just looking you know at the the recent history there so don't be afraid if you like somebody now like the odds of what you're getting right now uh, put it in before qualifying before those odds change 
and uh, you know just hope they're not starting outside the top 20 like we said. Now there's a stat out there from the track history that I think is important, and I talked about it last week in terms of road courses, and I also talked about it with Richmond. So this is becoming a, a stat that I'm really following closely, and that is lead lap finishes. So looking at the past races at Dover, cars finishing on the lead lap. These are the total cars finishing on the lead lap, starting in the spring race and going backwards. So 15, 15, 17, 15, 17, 14, 19, 14, 15, 10. That's all the way back to 2014. Point being, when you're looking at gambling on somebody, you better hope that they're someone that's able to stay on the lead lap at Dover. So you're going to basically average all that out. It's going to be right around the 15, maybe 16 cars are going to finish on the lead lap. That is way less than half the field. So if you're looking at betting on someone and you see someone who's able to stay on the lead lap right there, that's a trigger in my mind. Like, okay, this guy is worth my attention. Then you look at the next steps, you know, what are the odds and, and what's his history there other than the lead lap finish. So that's where I'm starting. And I mentioned that Truex was plus 400 tied for the, the favorite spot right now. And he is someone looking at his past 10 races at Dover. He has finished on the lead lap 100% of the time. 10 out of 10 finishing on the lead lap. He had the win in the spring. He had five top 10s, sorry, five top fives, eight top 10s in those 10 races. And he started on the pole once. That lead lap finish stat is so important to me recently, and it's it's going to be hard not to, to bet on someone. Now, we talk about Kyle Busch. It's like the tale of two you know, cities here. You have one guy who I don't really like his stats recently at plus 400, and I'm saying it's not worth your money. Meanwhile, Truex is the complete opposite. I really like his stats. Same odds. So is it worth it? I may. I talked about spread my money around on, on some of these favorites. I think... I'm going to consider throwing money on Truex at plus 400. I might throw a little bit more on him. I like some other guys more than him, but that 10 out of 10 stat, I am definitely going to be, we'll, we'll get to the head-to-head -head section in a bit, but looking at that Bush-Truex matchup, I'm, you know, preview, spoiler alert, I'm taking Truex in that head-to-head -head matchup based on um, that alone. So let's talk about guys who I absolutely like and, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm all over back-to-back -back winners uh, this week. Chase Elliott is where I have to start when I'm talking about guys at Dover that I am putting money on to win the race. Now, he started, NASCAR.com was the first site to open up with any odds. And I, that's the first time I've seen that all season. I was, you know, waiting for all the different sites to, to put their odds out, put their lines out. NASCAR posted it, and he started at 7 to 1, plus 700. Then when they came out on the, you know, the mobile apps for the, the sports betting apps, he was already down to plus 550. So clearly something happened from that website. Now, maybe NASCAR.com really doesn't have their shit together because that website functionality wise is terrible i don't know if anybody out there is listening uh who works for nascar.com but it's a complete joke um but as far as the the odds are concerned you would think that they would have that you know together so i'm gonna have to believe that 
somehow in between when they released their odds and when the sports apps, sports betting apps released theirs, he dropped based on people putting money on him. So that is interesting to me, but there's a good reason for it. I was actually scared because coming into Dover, I was really anxious to put money on Chase and I did not want to see him open up at like plus 275 like we saw Truex last week. And luckily he didn't. I was assuming, you know, the recency bias thing. He just came off a win. And this is Elliott's best racetrack. In seven races here, he has an average finish of 4.4. That's incredible. He won this race a year ago. So the, the fall Dover playoff race Elliott won that. He's got one win, six top fives, and six top tens in seven races at Dover. I mean, this is his spot. This is his spot. So I am absolutely, I do not like throwing money down on guys who are, you know, lit for their odds going off at like plus anything under than plus 700 really makes me a little queasy. 600 I'll do, but 550 is, is usually outside my norm. But I'm definitely throwing money on Chase, and I'll probably throw more than I normally do just to try to get you know the right bang for the buck because it's if you don't throw money on Chase, I really do feel like you're going to be disappointed come race day because we talked about how much how strong his car was last week. I, I have a hard time imagining it's not going to be the same way this week at Dover. So lock that in, plus 550. And maybe, it, I mean, his average start, is definitely it's under 10 so he'll be starting most likely within the top 10 if he if history you know pulls through for us but you may be able to get a better value on chase after qualifying i don't know i'm 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 nervous that it's just going to go down so i'm gonna lock it in at plus 550 chase elliott to win the race the next guy that i was definitely surprised to see what odds he was going off at is kyle larson i can't quit kyle larson I, I can't do it. I need somebody to come and shake me and, and say, look, man, you got to stop betting on Kyle Larson to win the race. But every track, I feel like there's a reason to do it. And every time he doesn't win a race, I just feel like in my mind, I'm, I'm just trying to like justify it. Like, look, man, he's due. He is due to win. And he opens up at plus 550. I was hoping that he was going to be up around 1,000, like 10 to 1. Um, but looking at his stats, clearly they were doing their job here. And in the last 10 races here, five top fives, eight top tens and a pole average finish of 7.7. But here's the other thing, nine out of 10 lead lap finishes. That's, you know, almost as good as it gets. Obviously Truex is the best there. Um, oh, real quick about Chase. I, I forgot to mention seven out of seven lead lap finishes. So clearly you know, you get my point here. This stat matters, and it matters for, for Larson here. 90% of the time, he's finishing on the lead lap. So his driver rating compared to all of the other playoff drivers is third best. He's one of three guys who has a driver rating over 100 at this racetrack. His driver rating, Kyle Larson's, is 100.6. You have Kyle Busch at 104.6, and also Chase Elliott, who we just talked about, with the highest at 108.3. Larson's the third best driver rating at this track, and that's lifetime. 
talking about all these drivers in the playoffs, their lifetime averages, driver rating. So um, very interesting. I am going to be throwing money on Kyle Larson as well. I just think that, you know, these guys are so good here and they're not so, so bad. Like if they were up under 300, if they were like 275 to win, I'd have to avoid them just based on the the strategy. But plus 550, the, the way that the field, the odds are set, they're kind of, there's a huge gap that we're about to get to in a second. Um, I listed them off earlier and there's a huge jump from around 550 up to, you know, about a thousand. So that's that's somebody that I'm going with. I think it makes sense. I think he is he's never won here, but I think that if he is going to advance in the playoffs, this is the racetrack that he has to do something. He he has to win here. Obviously not a must win, but when you think about this round of the playoffs, the tracks that are in it, Talladega is looming. And he, you know, anything could happen there. The other round or the other track that's in this round is Kansas. I don't know Kyle's stats at Kansas off the top of my head, but considering how good he is here, I would say that they need to go out and have a big showing this weekend at Dover if they want to have any prayer advancing. So this is big for Kyle Larson, and because of that, I'm definitely going to be throwing money on them uh, to win the race this coming weekend. Talking about the, the next guy that, you know, I'm going to throw some money on to win the race. This is where some of the value comes into play. And I got to go with somebody from Team Penske. It would kill me if I didn't throw anything on Penske, even though they're just in like this weird purgatory right now with all three of their guys that, you know, they're good, but not great. They're in the race, but not really. Um, I'm just not seeing, you know, enough out of them, but I can't imagine that they're not somebody from that camp isn't going to jump up and snatch something here so looking at Kozlowski I'm throwing Blaney out because he's not great here um, really at all average finishes 19.3 driver rating is 81 not liking what I'm seeing out of Blaney he's only finished on the lead lap three of the seven races he's raced here so throwing him out I'm looking at either Kozlowski or Logano Kozlowski's going off at 10 to 1, plus 1,000, and Logano, 11 to 1, plus 1,100. It is creepy. You know, we're in October now, so it's, it's, we're able to say it's spooky that these two guys have basically identical numbers in the last 10 races here at Dover. So as far as, like, average finish is concerned, they're right next to each other. Logano is in 7th. In all active drivers, average finish with an average finish of 11.6. Kozlowski's right behind him in eighth with average finish of 12th. So looking at the other numbers, they both have two top fives. They both have five top tens. They both have never won a pole here. And they both have finished on the lead lap in the last 10 races seven times. Super creepy. I mean, that really weird. So... In that scenario, these guys are identical to me. And I'm going to take the guy who's got better odds for me as the gambler, and that's Joey Logano. I mean, why the hell not? He's a defending champion. Like I said, somebody from Penske is going to have to raise their hand and say, I'm that guy. I'm the guy that's going to put this team on my back or this program on my back, and you can you know, take you through the playoffs. That's 
who I'm going to go with this week. Logano, the 22 car. Lock him in at plus 1,100. But I do think it's a little bit of a toss-up. I mean, if you like Kozlowski, if you're a Kozlowski fan, sure. You know, I, I would bet on him. I just don't want to bet on both Penske drivers because what I said about that that program not getting it done, not really shining compared to you know the Gibbs camp and and Elliott recently. So uh, lock me in though for the twenty two camp at Dover. I have two long shots that I'm going to mention here, and one of them is Eric Jones. So Jones has only raced here five times, but his stats are actually pretty impressive. He's sixth overall. Uh, in average finish, which is 11th. He's finished on the lead lap three of those five times. So, you know, small sample size, tough to tell here. But Jones is going off at plus 2,000. And, you know, the fact that his average finish is pretty good, he's got a top five here, finished in the top 10 twice out of five races. He is someone that clearly raced well when he was pissed earlier this year. Then, you know, that was when he was fighting for his job, fighting for his contract. Um, then they signed him for next year. And Greg and I talked about it last week. He seemed like he kind of took his foot off the gas, no pun intended. Now he's pissed again because he's knocked out of the playoffs. And he didn't just get knocked out like a, a Ryan Newman. He got thrown the hell out and I mean, finished 74 points back. It's like two races back, pretty much. Embarrassing. So I would say he's pissed again. And, you know, at plus 2,000, you know, 20 to 1. And track, a uh, racetrack that he, you know, isn't horrible at. I think, you know, you get a pissed off guy. He's out of the playoffs. Maybe, you know, the pressure's off. You never know how the, those guys handle that stuff. I'll throw some money on Eric Jones this weekend. Why the hell not? You know, throw some money on him, plus 2,000. You may hit the jackpot with somebody like him. So lock me in for, for the 20 car. But if you really want to get crazy, if you really want to, you know, flirt with uh, a huge payday, let me throw a name your way that we haven't really talked about at all to win the race. And that is Daniel Suarez. Suarez, a lot like Eric Jones, small sample size. Okay. But, in terms of average finish out of active drivers in the last 10 races here, he's third on the list. Average finish of 7.6 overall. And in five races, he's finished on the lead lap five times. Four top tens and one top five in five races. That's really good. You know, I would, I would be interested in anyone with those stats. Again, small sample size, but I'm pushing that away. I'm ignoring that for this argument because guess what he's going off at? You have to keep scrolling to get to his name, and that's plus 5,000. 50 to 1, okay? 50 to 1. You could throw 10 bucks on him just for the hell of it and walk away with 500 bucks. Easy. Just why not? I mean, I see someone with those stats, I, I can't ignore it. And with, with those odds, yeah, he's probably not going to win the race. You know, he's, he's not in the playoffs. He didn't even make the playoffs, you know, the first cut, let alone now. But I can't ignore that, so I'm going to, you know, have to throw some money on him because I would be just up a wall if I didn't 
at those odds, and he actually did go out and do something like something crazy like win the race. So, gotta lock me in for Suarez as well, and that's how we'll end the the picking winners section of the podcast. Okay, so now we're going to transition into the head-to-head conversation, the matchups for this week. But we can't do that without checking in with our dear friend, Cousin Greg, because he was uh, here last week with me, next to me when we were recording this. And we did a little something where we went head-to-head. We each picked uh, a matchup that we liked and the other guy had to take the the opposite driver. We did that five times. Greg chose three of the five, by the way. And we put some side money on it. And we said, you know, let's make it 20 bucks. And if you get swept, then it's an extra 10. And, well, lo and behold, Greg came on the podcast and got dusted. So I asked him to come back and check in with us and see how he's feeling. So uh, we're going to bring Greg in right now. Okay, so we are going to welcome back to the podcast his second appearance consecutively, this time on the phone. We've got him, Cousin Greg, with us here tonight. Greg, how are you feeling? Uh, I don't know. It's a mixed bag of emotions right now. This past race was atrocious for my picks, and my tails between my legs a little bit. But other than that, I'm hanging in there. I got hopes for this week, so... Well, like I said, mixed bag here. I, I give you credit, you know, because, you know, I just gave the recap of the fact that we did the head-to-head thing, five matchups. You did get swept, and, you know, I believe that, you know, you were actually chirping me a little bit um, towards the end of that podcast about possibly getting swept the other way. Uh, but you are facing the music here, and, you know, we do appreciate that, so... What were your thoughts when you went down the list and saw that your guys had no chance against mine? Well, here's what killed me. I mean, Jones and Bush were my, my two top guys, and they both made it, barely made it out of the first, what, 25, 30 laps? It was brutal. Um, Kyle went out with a little, a little bit soft, and then Eric Jones was put into the wall. I mean... You, you take that out of the equation, maybe I go down 3-2 overall, right? So, yeah, I was swept, but I, I, there's an asterisk next to that. Um, Wait, so let me let me interject there. An asterisk, that asterisk is what? Just NASCAR stuff happened to them? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that could happen to anyone. Could have happened to my guys. Yeah, no, you're totally right, and that's part of it. So, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm here today admitting defeat, uh, <laughs> although, although it hurts, but I am admitting defeat. Um but, like I said, I mean, the fact that they didn't make it out of the first segment is brutal. Well, Bush made it out of the first segment, but he basically, later in the race, just after, at the red flag, just called it quits. So you have to be even more mad about that. He basically, you know, waved the white flag there um, and, and, you know, pulled the car into the garage on his own accord. So a little bit of cowardice yeah, that- there. That's frustrating, and I was going to, I mean, part of me thinks because he did that, this week he's going to come back hot, but I just, like you said, after the cowardice last week, I can't put my money behind him at all. Yeah, it's it's tough to, you know, bet on him the way you did. You were very adamant, the Bush brothers, and Kyle was your guy, and um, he kind of let you down. So, and Eric Jones, I mean, he, he like you said, he killed you too, but let's move forward. Um, I'm not... 
you know, trying to take more of your money uh, this week. But I I would like you to, to give the listeners, you know, the lock of the week. We'll try to do this every week. Going to give you a chance to rebound here. Give us the lock of the week for Dover this coming weekend. I feel like it's not going to be as exciting considering he's already hot, but I got to say, the Cousin Greg pick of the week, I should say lock of the week, is going to be Armshoex. The guy won here in the spring, correct me if I'm wrong, and he's just on fire. I mean, to not get behind him is straight insanity. I agree with that. Uh, looking at his numbers there, I mean, he's definitely going off at um, as one of the favorites, plus 400 at the moment. Um, but compared to Kyle Bush, who the other favorite is, I mean, we I kind of broke this down uh, before you hopped on. I like Truex as well compared to, to Kyle. So um, would you say that, you know, you're taking Martin to win the race and in that head-to-head matchup that we had last week that I've been betting on all year, Martin versus Kyle is the Cousin Greg Locke, Martin Truex Absolutely. Jr.? Absolutely. Lock it down. <laughs> Bet the mortgage on that. Bet the mortgage on Martin Truex over Kyle Bush. Well, um, I don't disagree. I appreciate you coming on, like I said, facing the music and uh, doing it like a man. So you, uh, you've you done well. Oh, we got a long weekend ahead of us, so I'm going to make some of that money back. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> well, we'll just see about that. But thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll see you down the road for sure. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Phil. All right. See you. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. Obviously, a huge thanks to Cousin Greg for coming back on the podcast. We appreciate it. And to pick up where he kind of left off with his lock of the week, he likes Truex to win the race, but, you know, definitely sounded like he liked Truex over Kyle Busch. And I'd like to, you know, keep kind of riding that wave for a second because Kyle Busch talked about him earlier in the podcast about his stats at Dover. I just want to read off all of the people here that have better statistics than Kyle Busch at Dover. Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Kevin Harvick. Those people, according to average finish and you know wins, top tens, lead lap finishes, looking at all of those things, those guys all have better statistics than Kyle Busch in the last 10 races here. And all of these guys in the head-to-head matchups are listed as underdogs. So I think it would be very beneficial to you as the gambler to maybe pick one of those guys that you like the most and take them against Kyle Busch. So looking at the odds the way they are right now, we have Kevin Harvick listed at plus 100, Kyle Larson listed at plus 100, and Chase Elliott at plus 115. Those are darn good values for those guys who I think are going to, I mean, one of those guys is going to have a better race than Kyle Busch. It's just all about choosing which one. I would personally, if my account, my book, let me do parlays where the same driver was allowed to be involved, I would take that as a parlay. Just bet those three guys over Kyle Busch and hope something happens to Kyle. And um, unfortunately for me, that's not possible right now. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. But that's what I would do if my book allowed it. If yours does, I would do that all day. Uh, because I don't think Kyle's going to win the race. I, I, I don't think he is. So you'd be uh, 
making out there if you were able to throw something like that in. But if I had to pick one guy, I'm going to go with Elliott. I mean, he's he's the better value of those three, plus 115. And Kyle, I mean, he's minus 155 in that head-to-head matchup. That's huge. I don't know what they're looking at there in terms of statistics, but we'll see. I mean, go with Chase minus, sorry, plus 115 over Kyle Busch there, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised come Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have a couple of even money matchups of some guys who are, you know, maybe further down the list, a couple guys who are out of the playoffs, actually. So one is Eric Jones, who's out of the playoffs, taking on playoff driver Ryan Blaney. They're both going off at even money, 115, minus 115, excuse me. And I'm going to take Eric Jones on this. I think he's embarrassed. Um, We talked about him, you know, earlier when we were talking about winning the race, but Blaney, I think this is more about Ryan Blaney, and, you know, I've been hard on him on the podcast lately uh, when it came to, you know, his odds to win the race, but I don't like what I'm seeing out of him at Dover in his seven lifetime races here. He only has two top tens. I think his best finish is eighth, uh, average finish of 19.3. He's only finished on the lead lap three times out of those seven races, so Uh, I don't like those numbers. Eric Jones also has a small sample size, only five races there, but he has a top five, two top tens, and has finished on the lead lap three times. His average finish is 11th. So I'm going to go with Eric Jones over Ryan Blaney in that head-to-head matchup, and maybe I think I'm going to parlay all these picks into uh, something you know big there. But give me the, the 20 car over the 12. Another even money matchup that we have of a playoff driver going off against a non-playoff driver is Clint Boyer versus Kurt Busch. This is a very good matchup, I think, the books have put together. And I want to look at first just their driving records at Dover. They're both very similar. Um, So according to average finish, Boyer in the last 10 races here, he's listed as 13th in that statistic 15th overall average finish and Bush is you know not far behind him he's listed at 16th overall with an average finish of 16.6 so neither of them have a win here in the last 10 races Uh, Kurt looks like he's got three top fives compared to Clint's one top five but um, Clint has five top tens a lot of numbers I'm throwing your way here and um, Kurt Bush only has three top 10. So um, the the big thing here is in the last 10 races, Kurt finishing on the lead lap four times compared to Clint seven. You know, those are the stats. I'm looking at this though with more of a a real life element to it. And I think you have to look at both drivers. It's a, you know, two completely different uh, camps that they're in right now. So Clint Boyer, he's in the playoffs. I think they're, they're happy to be where they're at. I don't think that they are expecting to make the the final eight drivers of the year. I think they, they just snuck into the playoffs to begin with. Now they're happy to still be in the hunt. And I think that they are going to try to drive a very safe race here at Dover. And they're going to try not to do anything that eliminates them from the playoffs. All right. Because... They don't want to have to go into Talladega, you know, expecting to win, which I don't think they could do there. So they're trying to drive a safe race here at Dover, and they're, they're trying to point themselves in. That's my opinion on, on that camp. Looking at the other side, Kurt Busch knocked out of the playoffs, 
and he's looking around, you know, I'm assuming pretty defeated. And his teammate, his one and only teammate at Chip Ganassi, Kyle Larson, is still in the playoffs. So I would have to imagine that that team has shifted their focus on trying to get the 42 car into the next round. So, you know, it's not going to be very obvious. I think it's going to be more of like the behind the scenes stuff. I think you're going to see things maybe money shifting more towards the 42, more time, you know, in the in the tunnel, um, the wind tunnel, whatever the case may be, I think the 42 is going to get more of the money thrown behind them this week and more of the attention um, than the one car. I think that's pretty natural. You know, if you're the owner of that team, uh, you, you, you have one dog left in the fight. I think you need to make it happen for them. So all that being said, I think the one car is going to take a dip this weekend and give me Clint Boyer over Kurt Busch. It's even money right now. I, I am talking myself into it. I really love it. So lock it in there. I'm going to give out one last head-to-head selection, and it's going to be based around Alex Bowman. But before I get to the actual pick, I just have to say I will be hunting like a dog trying to find a book that will give me the matchup of Bowman versus either Austin Dillon or Bubba Wallace this weekend because I truly believe that karma is going to come back around to Alex Bowman and he's going to either get wrecked by one of those two guys or something else is going to happen to him where he gets put into the wall and out of the race. I just have to imagine it. I need to find what the Bubba Wallace versus Alex Bowman matchup would look like because I'm sure Bubba Wallace would be a huge underdog in that matchup, and I honestly believe that you could cash in in that scenario. Um, I don't think you're going to find – it's going to be really hard to find a book that will have that matchup. But Austin Dillon may be more likely, and um, I don't know you know, what that would be. It would definitely be a little bit you know, closer odds together than uh, Bubba Wallace would be compared to Bowman. Um, Dylan and Bowman are, are, you know, pretty close together in terms of the, the actual stats, but let's talk about a matchup that I'm able to bet on right now. And we're going to keep Bowman in the mix and we're going to bring it back to a guy who I have once declared dead to me. And that is William Byron. I'm bringing him back to life. It's Halloween season, zombie season. William Byron is my zombie. He's my Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster. He's, he's full tanks monster. Let's do it. The 24 car is going to ride well this weekend. And I think something bad is going to happen to the 88 and Byron will win that matchup. So they're both going off at even money one minus 115. Byron, the thing about betting on him is he's only been here three times. He's only had three races at Dover. One top 10 to his credit and average finish of 13.7, which in the huge list of things in the last 10 races here, he's listed ninth overall in that stat, but short sample size. The thing is, Bowman doesn't really have that big of a sample size either. Only six races here, and his average finish is 23rd. He's got one top five, but the thing about Bowman is in six races, he's only finished on the lead lap here one time. Now, when he did, he finished inside the top five, which is good. But five of the six times he's not finishing on the lead lap. I don't think I think he's going to be one of those cars finishing more than one lap down this weekend, just because I think something's going to happen to him. Maybe he's going to 
get bad luck, or maybe bad luck will find him in the form of another vehicle. So we'll see. So lock me in for William Byron, zombie Byron, back from the dead, taking on William, sorry, taking on Alex Bowman, and he's going to cash in for me this weekend at Dover. Okay, so we're going to finish up with a, another rant this week. And this one, you know, is strictly coming at NASCAR and, and their lack of uh, marketing ability. So with the playoffs in NASCAR, they start with 16 drivers and they whittle their way down each round. They start at 16, go to 12, then 8, then 4 for the championship. And there is nothing out there that I'm aware of. I've been looking for something to be able to make it like a fantasy game or make it so that I can, you know, throw some money on this. I want to be able to fill out my bracket at the beginning of the playoffs to see how well I do. And, you know, it's not your typical bracket. I'd actually like to throw a quick teaser in here because I'm sort of running a a small experiment uh, via Reddit where I'm actually running the stats on what if the NASCAR playoff system was a head-to-head matchup, uh, just like NCAA March Madness. I'm calling it Karch Madness, Karch Madness, uh, play on words there, yep. But that's for another day. I'm talking about the playoff system that they have in line right now. How come there's nothing out there for me to be able to choose, okay, these are the 12 drivers who are going to advance into the next round. And for bonus points, I should be able to choose where each driver is going to be seated. All right. So the main goal is to guess, okay, which 12 are going to make it. And then you get bonus points based on the seating. I'm pretty sure the first time that they actually had this playoff scenario, uh, this playoff structure a few years back, they actually did run something like this, if my memory serves me correctly, but it was impossible because they didn't make it based on which drivers you think are going to get in. You had to be exactly right. And I don't think anybody in America made it to the, the round of eight because it was so impossible to choose like where these drivers were going to fall in the seedings. You had to choose, you know, if, if Kurt Busch is going to be seventh after the round of 12, he needs to be seventh in the bracket or else you're, you're pretty much done. Um, I think that's too hard. But if you just make it so that you're able to choose which drivers are going to make it through to each round, and then you get some bonus points for choosing the right position that they're in, that would be very fun. That would be something that you'd be able to, you know, start up a a quick league with, you know, your friends who like NASCAR, see who who would do it um, and do it well. And it's also another way to, to get people who aren't into the sport to pay attention. I mean, think about your March Madness brackets. Obviously, this isn't going to be anything like that. But the concept is there for the the brackets to kind of circulate amongst people who may not watch the sport, just like college basketball. I don't really care about college basketball pretty much all year, but when the brackets come out, I get super into it, and it's really fun. And if you can just convert some people you know, a couple thousand people each year um, turn this into like an every year thing and don't change it up. Um, 
on the people. You know, they, they tried it once. It was way too hard. So it seems like they gave up on it. Now, maybe something like this out here does exist. I don't see it. I can't find it. I've searched for it. Like I said, NASCAR's website is horrendous. So maybe it's uh, maybe I just gave up when I was uh, clicking something. The page didn't load within three minutes. I don't know. But I don't think something out there does exist. And that's why I'm ranting on it now. They need to take advantage of this bracket format. I know fans aren't, some of the fans out there, the, the curmudgeons, aren't thrilled with this playoff format. But if they're going to have this as your the way you're going to crown a champion, you need to get the fans involved somehow. And that, to me, seems like an absolute no-brainer. It's actually kind of a question mark as to you know how they are dropping the ball this bad. But from a gambling perspective... I see opportunity there. I want to be able to bet on this, and I simply don't have the ability to at the moment. So they need to make this happen and uh, make it happen fast. I mean, I'm talking next year. So anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Full Tank with Phil. I need you to, to go out, throw some money on those picks, maybe you know, wrap some of those head-to-heads up into a parlay like we usually talk about. Get everything together. If you bet on those guys, I guarantee you're going to win some money this weekend because we're going to need it. Because what's looming on the horizon is Talladega. And in that race, anything goes. So we need to be fully stocked up, ready to go for that race. Good luck this weekend at Dover. And we'll see you next time. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go. Good.